0: All right, this morning, Daniel chapter 1, this morning, uh, while you're turning there, Brother Daniels is out of town because he's doing a VBS in Great Bend, Kansas. Uh, We started a church there years ago, and now it's combined actually with another church. It's called First Baptist Church of Great Bend, and Brother Daniels uh, did our VBS this week, and so he's there uh, today, I think through Wednesday, be back Thursday, uh, doing the VBS there. So pray for him uh, while he's out of town, and of course, college career went in for us. He's their teacher. Daniel chapter 1, we are going through the uh, major prophets, and uh, we have Daniel uh, left. And as we look at Daniel, there's about five or six lessons we're going to look at him. And this is the first one out of Daniel chapter number 1. Church, I mean, Daniel was uh, one of the captives. Um, You'll notice in the first verse, I think it's Jeconiah. uh, Let me just read the first two verses. It says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, not Jeconiah, Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and Jerusalem, and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim king of Judah into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure of his God. So Daniel was one of those captives under Jehoiakim. Um, if you remember correctly, uh, the last three kings of Judah before Nebuchadnezzar took all of Jerusalem into captivity was Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, and then Zedekiah. Zedekiah was the last one. Zedekiah was king for about 11 years, and then of the Lord took them in allowed them to go into captivity. So Daniel goes into captivity, and Daniel was a prince, uh, I should say a prince's son. Uh, You'll notice that the Bible says, I think in the next verse, if you look at verse number three, it says, and the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's Palace, So we understand that Daniel had to be uh, either a king's son or a prince's son because they were looking and they went through, you know, they took these uh, the children of Israel captive, They look at these fellows and they thought to themselves, hey, listen, I want the best of the best. And so Daniel would have been, as and so, and we referred to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, Hananiah, uh, Azariah the three Hebrew companions of Daniel, they went into captivity as well, but they were prince's sons. And so here we get to Daniel chapter one and probably the most familiar verse is verse number eight. And that's what your memory verse is. Let's look at that together and we'll pray. It says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And so we want to look at that first phrase this morning, but Daniel purposed in his heart, and uh, I want to look at that for just a little bit this morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I ask again for your blessing upon your word, and Lord, you give us now the words to say. Uh, Would you allow your word to help people this morning, and Father, may we again be like Daniel. May we purpose and have purpose, and Lord, thank you again for what you've done in our life by saving us, and Lord, help us to live the Christian life as you'd see fit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I was at McDonald's this morning, and the a manager, of their name is her name's Maria. She's been there a long time. She's a Spanish she, uh, lady, and she's saved on her way to heaven. And she'll every once in a while <clears throat> stop and we'll have conversation. And she goes to a Spanish church in town. And I think there's only one Spanish church here uh, that, that I know of. There might be others that preaches the gospel. And she's she saved, and she was talking. She was talking to me this morning. She says, "You know," um, she asked what I was doing again, as far as the lessons and that, and message and studying. And then she said, "You know, I can't get my kids." Uh, to want to go to church anymore and she says uh, she's been in church here for years she says uh, I would take them to church with me and now you know my 21 year old is not in church and she talked about I think uh, she has three children the other next one 18 or so uh, not going to church the last one is 16 young and she still takes the daughter with her to church and she says my kids don't want to go to church because they have this idea of you know I've got to go to church and they tell me what I cannot do and, of course, Maria is of the mindset that you're supposed to obey the Bible. <laughs> and the Bible tells us what we're supposed to do. And whether we like it or not, we do what the Bible says, not what we're not necessarily what we want to do, but what God wants us to do. And, by the way, uh, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. If we delight ourselves in God, you can be a happy Christian. Amen? Amen. Uh, this idea of purpose, I feel like, goes along with that. Um, but Daniel purposed in his heart. This word purpose, we use the word purpose to say the word determined, Daniel purposed in his heart, De- Daniel determined in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat. But this word purpose, the real meaning is this, it's the idea of having an end goal. In other words, purpose, I, I know where I'm going and where I want to end up, that's the idea of purpose. It's interesting, Webster's 1828 Dictionary, if you're ever going to find something Uh, I like the 1828 dictionary, but here's what it says. It means that which a person sets before himself as an object to be reached or accomplished. Now, just when you think about a sailboat in the water, if you don't use a rudder and you don't use sails, then what's gonna happen is, is that boat is going to be at the mercy of wind and water. Are you with me so far? If I put a boat in water... (laughs) and you're let's say you go fishing all right you don't drop the anchor you get out into the middle of the water it's not going to be very long depending if there's a wind going on not be very long you're going to be towards shore or you're going to be farther out from shore based upon what wind and water does to that boat now can I just tell you when you live your Christian life without purpose you're at the mercy of all the circumstances around you instead of at the mercy of what God wants for your life all right All right, are are you with me so far this morning? Now, think for just a moment here. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat. In other words, what caused him to end up being the Daniel in the lion's den is because Daniel, as a teenager, purposed. What caused Daniel to be the Daniel who gave us prophecy that tells us the end times in chapter number 7 through chapter number 12 is because there was a Daniel. That was a teenager that purposed in his heart that he would not, he had, he saw the end goal. He saw where he was headed. He put the ship in that direction. He put the rudder facing that way. There was purpose in life. Listen, we as Christians need to have purpose. Can I just tell you that the problem with Maria's children, the manager at McDonald's, the problem with Maria's children is they have no purpose. They have no end goal. They have no determination of where they are headed. So they are at the mercy of life and the world and circumstances. And that's why I don't want to go to church because I don't like rules. That's why I don't want to go to church because I don't like what's, what, what they're telling me that I cannot do when I want to do something different. Are you all with me this morning? So what keeps a person on track? It's purpose. But Daniel purposed in his life. When you look at Daniel's life the whole idea of Daniel's life was the world. Think about it. That Nebuchadnezzar did not just want these prince boys to come work for him. He wanted those prince boys to become Babylonians. That, that was the whole idea of them trying to change Daniel into what they wanted them to be. Church family, that's what Satan wants. Satan doesn't mind you. I say he doesn't mind. Satan can't do anything about your salvation. How many's glad once you're saved, you're saved? Amen. There's still that false doctrine going around that you can lose your salvation or that you can fall from grace. I'm so thankful for verses like John 10, 28. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You know what? Just let me think for just a moment. It takes away from the definition of everlasting life if I can lose my salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have. Okay, well, if it's everlasting, then guess what? I'm saved forever. And again, I know we're not talking about eternal security today, but I want to tell you there are so many people that they, they get discouraged or regret or sin that gets into their life and they wonder, am I really, really saved? All right, now I don't have time to get off on it this morning, but I want to tell you something. Any child of God can get off course. Purpose is what keeps us on course. I know where, I know what, this is God's will for my life. I'm going to keep the ship going in the right direction. Listen, when you get out of church or when you get away from your Bible, can I just tell you what's going to happen? You are going to be all over the place. You know what keeps you on course? Purpose. You know why you got up and read your Bible this morning? Purpose. You know why you came to church this morning? Purpose. What caused Daniel to be able to be used of God was purpose. He had, he had determination. What was that determination? He knew where he was headed, knew where he was going where he was headed, and that course, and that was the will of God. All right? Now, this point, I want you to just point out just a couple of things, and I want to talk about purpose real briefly this morning. I think these things are in your lesson, but I want you to notice how many things that King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to change about Daniel. And it's easier for me to call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In your Bible, in verse number six, they were called Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. It's interesting, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, those were their Hebrew names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was their Babylonian names. But I want you to notice just some things that he was trying to change. The first thing you see, we read in verse number 1, 2, and 3, was they changed their home, all right? Now, that's kind of a given. When you're taken into captivity, you're not living where you used to live, Amen. all right? They went for a four-month travel. It took four months from Babylon to Jerusalem. So they take these guys. They destroy Jerusalem, or I should say they, they didn't destroy it at this particular time. But they basically take over Jerusalem. They take all of these captives back with them. Babylonian or Nebuchadnezzar, excuse me, sets up a puppet king and Jehoiakim and, and Jehoiakim, his brother. Or I think it was his brother. But he sets Jehoiakim up and then, of course, Dedekiah. Now, follow me for just a moment here. Daniel could have eaten the king's meat and the king's drink and nobody would have said anything. Because guess what? He wasn't in his home. Amen. His mom was not there. His dad was not there. His brothers and sisters probably were not there. But he was taken away from the environment of that which was can I use a New Testament term? Christian. What was Jerusalem? Jerusalem was the whole, it's called the holy city. What, what was that? the children of Israel? They were called God's chosen people. But can I just tell you, when they took Daniel out of his home and they brought him to this new home, that's what we sing about. This world is not my home. What was Nebuchadnezzar trying to do to these Hebrew children? He was trying to change them. What does Satan want to do with us? He's trying to change. Pastor, what do you mean he's trying to change us? Romans chapter 12, verse number two. And be not conformed to this Whoa. world. Conform means to fashion alike. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye what? <laughs> Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Just I know that sometimes maybe the preaching or your Christian life out in this world, people look at you and think, where did that come from? Just I know we're living in Lawrence, Kansas, and there's other places we could live That maybe you wouldn't stand out so much because of the way you talk and the way you act and the way you live. But church, it doesn't change the fact that no matter how far the world gets to the left, the Christian does not base their life by how far he's from the world. The Christian bases his life by what the Bible says of where he's standing. The, the old adage, and again, I, forgive me because I just feel like it illustrates it so much, is the problem with our Christianity is we're trying to keep distance from the world instead of keeping a stand from the world. And Satan knows that, all right? Girls, why don't you help me this morning, all right? Let's see here. We'll use you. We'll use you. I think I only need two of you. I want you to come in for a second here, all right? The picture of this is this, all right? Sorry, you're the first one. You get to be the world, all right? You're the world. You get to be the Christian. You get the good one, all right? Praise the Lord. That worked out really good, all right? Hold your arm out. You hold your arm out. All right, you come. No, yours. You come, you come put your shoulder right there. All right, now here's what happens. This is the world. You put your hand down now. Stop touching the girl, all right? So this is the world, all right? What's this? It's the world, all right? What's this? It's the Christian. Well, kind of, all right? So this is the Christian, all right? So what happens is this, is the world gets, goes to the left. In other words, it's getting worse that we're living in, all right? Take one step to the left. Not you, you're the Christian, all right? Oh, my goodness. Okay. I would say you take after your father, but I think it's your mother, all right? So anyway. All right, so the world takes a step to the left, all right? Now, where the Christian is, is supposed to base his life upon the word of God, not the church, not the pastor, not your parents. You're supposed to base your life upon the word of God. Thus saith the Lord. That's what we're supposed to live our lives by. But unfortunately, you know, the world takes a step to the left, so guess what? The Christian takes a step to the left. It's a half step, but that'll work, all right? Takes a step to the left. So wait a second here. She's not like the world. The world is still over here. But over time, and it hasn't taken much, the world takes another step to the left. And it's not long. The Christian, they don't want that kind of distance between them and the world, because I look kind of weird. So they take a step to the left. Now, it doesn't take very long, take one more step that the world keeps going, who would have ever thought that you could kill children and it's okay? Who would have ever thought that you look like the weirdo because you believe the Bible says that a man is supposed to marry a woman and not another man? Who would have ever thought that would ever happen? I want to tell you why, because the world gets a little worse, so the Christian takes another step to the left. But the problem is this, where the Christian is today is where the world was 50 years ago. And we think we're good Christians because we're not like the world because there's distance between us. We are not supposed to live distance. Be not conformed, fashion alike. Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What renews your mind? The Bible says you're renewed day by day because of the word of God. Amen. So guess what's supposed to happen? Come, you come back over. You come back over too. All right. Put your arms, see how, put the distance there. The world takes a step to the left. Christian stands on the word of God. The world takes a step to the left. The Christian stands on the word of God. The world takes a step on the left. Now I want to tell you something. The distance between what the Christian is today and what the world is, you seem like a weirdo. But I'm just trying to tell you, the world is going to continue to get worse. And Christians, if they stand for God, are going to to stand out in the crowd. And it's not because we want people to notice us. It's just a matter of this is what pleases God. This is how I'm supposed to live my life. The reason Maria's children don't want to go to church is because they're going, they're in the in the world, and in, in the sense of, by the way, we're all living in the world. But there's no doubt Maria's kids go to a public school. There's no doubt that her kids work secular jobs, and so here they are with these people who are not lost, or maybe they claim they're saved, but are living like the world as well. And her children do not want this kind of distance, so they look because they look weird. Just we have to go back to it's not about us. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Right. Church, and what they were trying to do to Daniel was trying to make Babylonians out of them. What is Satan trying to do with the average Christian? He's trying to make worldlings out of us. Right. Demas hath forsaken me having what? Love this, Love this present world. I'm not telling you it's easy. To live in this world and and be a spectacle for Christ. I'm not telling you it's easy because people point to you. And why do you act that way? And why do you talk that way? And why do you live that way? Are you part of a cult? I'm not part of a cult. I believe the Bible. Thank you, girls. seat. appreciate your help. They tried to change their home. Just man, I want to tell you something. Satan would like to replace your spiritual family with a worldly family. Hey, listen to me closely this morning. Those people you see around you, they still have flesh. And I want to tell you something. Stop using excuses to try to get out of church because some other Christians said something about you. Christians are always going to say things they shouldn't say. That's right. Well, the world doesn't treat me this way. I want to tell you something. Do not, don't even think twice. Just read your Bible. The prodigal son thought the world was a whole lot better until he finally reached the pig pen. That's right. Amen. Well, I, you know, the Christians at church, you know, they, they never shake my hand. And the Christians at church, you know, they're, they're hypocrites. And the, well, I want to tell you something. If the Christians of church are church hypocrites, what do you think the lost world is? Amen. They try to change their home. Number two, they try to change their learning. Look at verse number four. Last phrase, verse number four says, "In whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans." Just right. They pulled, follow me now, they pulled Daniel from Jerusalem with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they take him, they take him over here, and they, they bring him over to um, Babylon. And the king says, now listen, I'm going to give you three years to reprogram these Israelites. Three years. He says, in those three years, I want you to change their diet. In those three years, I want you to change their home. In those three years, I want you to change their language. In those three years, I want you to change their learning. Just, I mean, what did Daniel learn when he was in Jerusalem. He learned the Torah. He learned the Old Testament scriptures. He learned the law. Now he's taken over to Babylon and he says, now listen, I want you to do away with that Israelite stuff that you learned. You're a Babylonian now. I want you to learn the learning, the tongue and the language. I want you to learn about what a Babylonian is. I mean, what is the devil constantly trying to do to the Christian and the Christian young person? He's trying to teach them the learning and the tongue of the world. Church, I'm all for education, but be careful that you do not put education up here and your Christianity down here. Life is not about your career. Listen, I would love for my, I've got four boys, four girls. Man, I'd love to have one as a doctor, one as a lawyer, one as a banker. I'd love that. But church, family, long after this life is over, they're going to stand before God and have to give an account to them of themselves to the Lord of what they did with the talents and spiritual gifts that God had given them. What is the devil trying to do? He's trying to get our kids to learn the way of the world. What's the devil trying to do? He's trying to get our kids to do the language of the world. I want to tell you something. I know know some of you you guys in here, you don't like me talking about it. And I'll say it anyway because I I like to talk about it and aggravate you. (laughs) But this is foolishness taking on the world's language and acting like it's funny. Using slang words and using words. Well, I didn't cuss, but everybody knows what the, and the, everybody's mind has in their mind what comes after that. Why would you use language like that? Amen. I want to tell you why. Because the world's trying to change trying to God's language for the world's language. You're a Christian. Amen. You're a Christian. It's not a matter of how close can I get to the world and how close can I act like the world. That's what the Babylonians tried to do to, the, to, to Daniel and to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're trying to change them to be like them. We're not supposed to be like them. I, I have a different father. I have a different home. I've got a different destination. I just want to tell you, they tried to change their home, tried to change their learning. You're going to like this one. They tried to change their diet. Okay, you're not going to like this one, all right? Look at verse number eight with me. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. Verse number nine, now God, I like this. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear of the Lord my king. The Lord, the King, who hath appointed your meat and your drink. Now think about it, appointed. For, that, for why should he see your face as worse liking than the children which are of your what? Hey, I underline that in my Bible because I want to tell you something. One of the biggest problems with young people today, Christian young people is this, is they want to live for God, but there's other Christian young people who don't want to live for God. And those children of their sort puts more pressure on them than the world does. Go figure. You know, it's one thing, girls, if you, somebody, if the Lord gets your job out or, or however you end up, it's one thing if somebody who's lost, you know, they're trying to get you to not obey mom and dad and forget the authorities in your life. But I want to tell you, it's a whole different other thing when it's one of you telling the other one, hey, listen, this is crazy. Let's do our own thing. Children of their sort. Listen, young people, there are always going to be Christian young people who don't want to live for God. Stand up to that. I'm not going that route. You might not like your parents, but I love mine. All right, Diet, look what he says here next. i got to hustle here. So he says in verse 12, prove thy servants, I beseech thee, how long? Ten days. Ten days, are you with me? Verse 12, prove thy servants, I beseech thee, how long? Okay, I'm reading from the Bible, I'm sorry. Are you guys okay? You guys all right? Follow me, you girls doing okay? Come on, girls, help me out here, all right? Ready? We're going to try this one more time. Girls, help me out. Verse number twelve. Prove thy servants, I beseech thee. How long? All right. Appreciate that. Thank you. All right. You're gonna do good, and let and let them give uh, us pulse. That's vegetables, pulse to eat and water to drink. Uh, then let our countenance be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that are uh, that eat of the portion. By the way, the children that eat of the portion; those were the children of the sort. Those were the other Israelites that came and didn't stand. And now see us deal with thy servants. Verse 14. So he consented to them in this matter and proved them 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, their countenance appeared fair and fatter in flesh than all the children, which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus, Melsar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. Let's think for a second here. Satan wants to change your diet. Can I just tell you there's certain things Christians shouldn't take in. I was at my family reunion a week ago. I guess it was now. And my dad's side of the, it was my dad's side of the family. And so there's my, my father, I'm sorry, my uncle Roger, who's the was the oldest. My Aunt Jenny was there. And of course, then there was my dad. My uncle Nate is dead. My uncle Nate, uh, remember my grandfather got saved. And so the children got saved. But it didn't really, my uncle Nate didn't want to live for God. He got married, had a few children. And then he just didn't want to live for God. So he just disappeared. I mean, just Disappeared. Uh, my uncle, who became a police officer, finally figured out where he was, and I don't know, 13 years ago, so far, showed up on his doorstep uh, and uh, said, "Hey, come on, what's going on? Where have you been all these years?" <laughs> and so they they had conversation. My uncle Nate told him this. He says, "You won't ever find me again." He just kind of just went off the page. And of course, uh, they found it. Uh, actually he was buried. I think in Arlington it was a, it was in the military, but they found out he's passed away. But anyway, all that to say, sorry, I get sidetracked on my family history. But all that to say, this is my uncle Mark. Uh, was raised in a Christian, uh, Christian home. He went to Howells Anderson College. Uh, he was there for two weeks. He left and joined the army. And then from that point on, he just ran from God for years. Married two, two, at least two times, if not three. Uh, just, uh, just a bad, not really good life. So anyway, my Uncle Mark's about to die. He has cancer. So a year ago or two, he, he starts to get contact with all of us again. So he showed up at the uh, family reunion. My Uncle Mark did. And he's got this, he looks like a biker, this beard and big belly. and I mean, he just looks like a biker. I mean, I, I can't describe any more like, like that. If you're a biker, I'm sorry. That's how I, what I think of. So, so anyway, the Friday of our family reunion, it was a Thursday Friday. On the Friday of the family reunion, my Uncle, Mark, Uncle Roger, who's saved, wanted us to give kind of just a brief testimony. And, I, and so I was not thinking very clearly when I made my testimony. And I said, you know, the Lord has really blessed us as far as our Christian home and heritage and that my grandfather, which would have been my Uncle Mark's father, you know, my grandfather smoked three packs of cigarettes a day and I know that we're not a normal family but I'm thankful for where the Lord has taken us. Well, when I've made that statement, i have forgotten my Uncle Mark smokes. Like every time he's not around, he's out there smoking a cigarette and then so does his son and so does his granddaughter. I mean, they all go out there for a smoke together. And I did not think about what I was saying, because I'm not trying to tell them you shouldn't smoke. I was just talking about God saved my grandfather out of smoking three packs of cigarettes a day, and he got saved. And, of course, my Uncle Mark took up that habit for whatever reason. And, you know, I think sometimes we as Christians do not think about, there are certain things, it's obvious, I'm not supposed to do that. Amen. All right? Uh, smoking, you shouldn't smoke. All right? All right? You say, what verse in the Bible, all right? There's only one verse in the Bible that I know that talks about smoking. It says, Rachel lit off her camel. That's the only verse I know of. So the Bible says, all right? Now, the principle behind not smoking really comes from 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20. What, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which ye have of God, and you are not your own, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit which are his so we understand that smoking harms the body we shouldn't smoke all right but and and by the way alcohol harms the body all right I think we need to get back to having whole messages on alcohol and whole messages on cigarettes and how we're supposed to take care of the temple of the Holy Ghost church I want to tell you something we as Christians we have become accustomed to alcohol all right it is it's seemingly everywhere but I want to tell you something we as Christians should not Get accustomed to that. Now I will to tell you something, you know me. You know what I believe. I don't think a Christian should be around it, yeah. righty. We say, where do you, what verse does that come from? I appreciate you asking. But Proverbs 23, verse number 31. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup. When it moveth itself aright, at the last it biteth like a serpent Amen. and stingeth like an adder. Right. You say, Pastor, can't a Christian social drink? No. There's not partial drinking, social drinking. You're supposed to be a non-drinker. Amen? The closest to alcohol you can go to is Mountain Dew. That's it. All right? Mountain Dew. Now, just for all I'm trying to say is this. The devil wants us to conform to the world when it comes to our diet. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat. Now, I know what you're thinking. Some of you thinny minnies Pastor, why don't you talk about gluttony? The Bible talks about gluttony. The Bible talks about taking care of the temple. All right? And we could have whole messages on that. Amen? All right? And again, there's a reason people call them health nuts. All right? That the pendulum sometimes goes both directions. There needs to be balance in the Christian life when it comes to things you can eat. I'm not talking about things you shouldn't eat. Things that you can't eat. All right? All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. The word expedient means advantageous. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. All right, so again, we have to make sure that we think about that. Now, quickly, I've gotten a little off track, and I've got five minutes left. Would you stay with me this morning? We see that the change was a change of home, change of learning, change of diet, a change of name. The church made so much easier to say Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego instead of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But church family, Daniel's name in the Hebrew, now they changed it to Belteshazzar, But Daniel's name in the Hebrew means God's my judge. Hananiah's name in the Hebrew meant Jehovah is gracious. Mishael's name in the Hebrew meant who is like God. Azariah's name in the Hebrew meant Jehovah is my helper. But guess what? The prince of the eunuch changed their names. Daniel's name got changed to Belteshazzar, which means Bel, false God. Bel protects his life. Hananiah was changed to Shadrach, which means the command of the moon God. Mishael was changed to Meshach, which means who is like the god Aku, which was another false god of the Babylonians? Azariah's name was changed to Abednego, which means the servant of the god Nego, which again was a Babylonian god. Do you understand? They were trying to get anything that was Israelite out of them. Do you understand what the devil's trying to do? He's trying to get anything that's Christian out of you. They, they, they did not want every time somebody said, Daniel that it would be obvious Jehovah's God. They didn't want these thoughts to come back to their mind of their spiritual heritage. So they changed their name so that every time, oh, that's talking about the sun God. That's talking about this God, little G. All of that to get God out of them. I want to tell you something. We have a name. Remember in the book of Acts, it says that, that uh, they were called Christians. That, by the way, that was not some blessing. That was a derogatory name to say those are Christ followers. Those are people who were like Jesus. But there's nothing wrong with that. You're a disciple of God. You're a Christian. You're a believer. You're born again. And we should not let the world take the name of what we believe of what we are. I want to tell you something. The, you know, people don't, today, people don't necessarily mind the word Christian because it covers so many different things. But when you tell, hey, listen, I'm a born again believer that believes the Bible. They don't like that name. I'm just trying to tell you that they were trying to change them. All right. So what should we do to make sure that we don't change and conform to this world? I want to tell you what you got to do. But Daniel, what's the word? Purpose. Purpose. It's the end goal. It's where I'm headed. It's what I'm it's what the Lord wants for my life. It's determination that this is the direction I'm going i just read just quickly three thoughts, and I've got three minutes to do it in, but I want you to think about how can I live by purpose and not be conformed to the world? First of all, you must look to the end. You must look to where you're going. You know, I'm concerned the older I get, the more I'm mellowing, okay? And I know some of you, you probably, you probably point a finger at me at a fault because of mellowing. I mean, there's things today that I do that I would have never done before, all right? I let the boys wear blue jeans. I'm sorry. I have failed you. All righty. I still don't wear blue jeans, and there's nothing wrong. There's never been anything wrong with blue jeans. We all know there's nothing wrong with blue jeans. You're, in fact, if you'll notice on the, on the flyer for the institute, I don't want any denim. I don't want you coming in in blue jeans for, my, for, the, for the institute classes, whether you're a girl or a boy. But you know what? You can wear blue jeans. It's not going to send you to hell. Yeah. You don't have to get quiet. I mean, there's nothing wrong with blue jeans, okay? But some of you, I know you thought, when I first came to Heritage... You wore a collar to every activity. I sent people home if they didn't come dressed right. Now I want to just try to tell you something. Some of this stuff shouldn't, shouldn't change, but there's some things that have changed because I'm mellowing. I'm, con, I'm concerned about that, all right? The Lord brings new blood in. The Lord will bring hopefully some that will stand on the word of God. There's things that are preferences. There's things that are convictions. There's things I can't change on, but there's things I have changed on, all right? Now, me for just a moment here, you understand that you have to be able to see where you're going to end up. You remember the old adage that when a person is going on a straight line on a destination, that if you just move an inch right here, that when you go uh, 50 yards out, you're going to be several feet off because of an inch here, several feet off. You have to think about where's this thing going to end for me, my family, my grandchildren, or even your great-grandchildren as far as how far off are you going to get off that it's going to affect the rest of your life and the lives of your children. Purpose, determination keeps me Again, thinking about the end. Second of all, quickly, is this. If you're going to make sure that you have purpose, you've got to get counsel. Listen to this verse, Proverbs 20, verse 18. Every purpose is established by counsel. Every purpose established by counsel. What's the counsel? I think counsel is talking about the word of God, but I know, I know it's referenced to people. Proverbs 15, 22. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. Listen, if you're going to be, have purpose in your life, you're going to make it. That book you hold in your hand, that's the best counsel you'll ever get in your life. Tells you how to raise children. Tells you how to spend money. Tells you how to live your life. Follow that counsel. That's what gives you purpose. Last but not least, how are you, how are you going to make sure as far as having purpose in your life? Remember, there's a time to every purpose. is interesting in the book of Ecclesiastes three times? Ecclesiastes 3.1, to every purpose. I'm sorry, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose. Ecclesiastes 3.17, there is a time there for every purpose and every work. Ecclesiastes 8, six. because to every purpose there's a time. Hey, I want to tell you something. Your time's getting smaller. Yes. Yes, to every purpose, there is a time. I want to tell you something. You might be standing for a purpose and purpose in your heart, but I want to tell you something it won't be long. Your life's going to be over or that right. circumstance, opportunity, raising of children, time. There's a purpose to every time. Kids are going to be 18, 19, 20 years old. And it won't be long. They're going to be out of the house have purpose because it's only for a time when it comes to raising children, other things in our life. So again, you have purpose. Trish, I want to tell you something. We as Christians, if we're not careful, are going to get changed by what the devil and the world and the flesh wants if we don't have purpose in our life. Don't be like the boat in the water no matter where it goes, wherever it ends up. Because I want to tell you something, wherever it ends up, you're not going to be happy with. If you're going to make it where God wants you, hold on to the rudder, Set the sail. That's my destination. I've got purpose. I'm, going to, I'm determined that's where I'm headed. Amen. Would you bow ahead and close your eyes this morning? Would you ask the Lord, Lord, help me to be like Daniel. Daniel purposed in his heart. God, help me to be determined that I'm going to live my life for you. And Lord, may Satan not get the victory in my life that he conformed me to the world.